Welcome to Casual Conversations with Ryan and Jonah, where we discuss interesting topics in a casual manner. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Casual Conversations with Ryan and Jonah. Uh, today, we are lucky enough to have our third, not third, second uh, <laughs> special uh, guest star. We are here tonight with Sydney Gurnat. Hello. Gurnat. Gurnat. <laughs> Ah, after the years we've spent being friends, and I can't even get her last name correct. I feel I feel. Chris bad. doesn't even know how to say my name, and I'm his podcast producer. <laughs> yes, uh, Sydney Gernot uh, is a close friend of mine. We met working together at a theater in the city of Chicago. Uh, she also has her own podcast. Uh, if you'd like to do a little bit of shameless plug here and and talk a little bit about it. Oh, we're plugging at the beginning. All right. My shameless plug is that I am the producer and one of the creators behind Shit Fic Podcast, where we read our old shitty writings from like high school, college, and basically laugh at them, analyze them, and have a good time. It is a very, very fun podcast, uh, and it's very well produced and stars a few other close friends of of ours as well. Uh, So be sure to check that out. Uh, they're available everywhere that this podcast is available because we are using Anchor uh, just the same as, as you are. So yeah, go check out yeah. Shit Fick, uh podcast. And you also hear music by me. I wrote the theme song. So <laughs> yeah. go go check it out. <laughs> Taking credit for the theme song, I see. I, I, I mean, I, not to be mean to Michael and Chris, but like we have often joked, oh no, the theme song is the best part of the podcast. <laughs> I disagree. I think there's a lot of really good content that you guys put out there. I was listening to your, um, I was listening to your your Teen Wolf episode uh, the other day, uh, and it was <laughs> it's, it's it's fun. It's a fun time to listen to, especially on on long drives on on ninety four, which is usually when I, I give it a listen. So, Teen Wolf. Are you talking about the YA vampire one that I was yeah, in? Yeah, that's one? That, that's the one. Yeah, <laughs> that's fun. What can I say? We might have a team, like, if we bring, I think Monica has, like, fan fiction, so we, oh, yes, we might know. have another, uh, an old guest come back on, do Teen Wolf episode. <laughs> that, I am very excited about that. The, the, the more the merrier, I say. Mm-hmm. But yes, uh, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, we'll be talking mainly about relationships uh, and sort of the different kinds of uh, that people can have. Uh, we we briefly touched on uh, sort of the negatives that can come with uh, sort of being infatuated with someone, or like Did the we? ways that the person could sort of draw someone in. Is that, is that that sort of the direction that that you were thinking of? Yeah, it, it's it's kind of that idea. So uh, I don't know if either of you read. There was a New York Times, I think it was New York Times article about a woman who she's a journalist incredibly intelligent she was married and then she fell in love with the pharma bro who like increased the price of insulin to a crazy amount Mm. oh boy it is fascinating because you're like this is an intelligent woman he is clearly a scumbag and you're reading this and this is written by her and like it ends with clearly like her in love with this guy wanting him still like trying to understand why he cut her off out of nowhere and it's just like if you if you don't it's like listening to an unreliable narrator in a really good book because you're kind of getting the sense of like 
Oh, if you recognize the signposts of an unhealthy relationship, it's kind of hits the same beats, which I think is fascinating. It hits the same beats as a cult. Hmm. Hmm. I see. I see. And like, that's the sort of thing that cults do too. They're sort of, prey on like your insecurities and before you know it you're sort of stuck in the situation right mm-hmm. yeah oh definitely. yeah well and it's it's so um i i'm one of those people who i usually judge a lot of male celebrities who only go after younger girls like oh boy early like early 20s because it, it again it's hitting that thing so cults tend to come after people who are very like they don't have any direction. They tend to be very young. They're very. They vulnerable. don't really have anything. Yeah. Very vulnerable. Very like grounded. Like not really grounded in like what direction they're going in. And with life, they don't have a great job, or maybe they're still looking for that great relationship. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of toxic relationships, especially with older men to younger women, which obviously all genders can do this. All genders can be toxic. Like. It is not strictly a heterosexual female, um, male and female kind right. of thing. It's just what we see most and hear about most. But that's because but it's just, yeah, exactly. It's just the most popular, which is what we hear about. It's what the media talks about and what everyone talks about. But there's really, like you said, it could happen with anybody. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and I think we're probably going to hear, we probably hear more about the heterosexual relationships in that male with the power, woman without the power, because of how men tend to be the ones who are at the top in terms of most, like, social hierarchies. Mm -hmm. So the way everything's already structured. So it's, like, already not in the women's favor most of the time. But um, a really interesting thing with it is, like, okay, you, you got someone who's aimless, someone who's, like, directionless. And then there's this thing, it's in cults, but it's also in relationships called love bombing. Love bombing? Where you bombing? just like... Oh yeah, lo- I've heard face- of love bombing, yeah. Yeah. So that. it's, it's. Um, I'm assuming you probably heard of a similar thing where it's like, okay, you kind of like, especially you see it a lot in relationships, but it's in the cults too, where it's like, they know what you want. So the cult knows, okay, you want to find a really, like you need to open yourself up to relationships. And it's telling you how to fix that. But it's like telling you all of the great things you need to hear. It's making you feel wonderful. If it's a, like a guy trying to like mm-hmm. get a girl interested, it's, it's God, my computer's overheating. So the audio is going to be, yeah. Um, They're telling you what you want to hear. They're not telling you what you need to hear. Yeah. It's, it's not even necessarily that. It's just like overwhelming, like, oh, you're getting gifts. You're getting like so much attention. You're you're like um, I was telling you guys before the podcast about like Matt Pat's idea of Christian his uh, film theory about like Christian Grey being a cult, and the whole idea is like okay, we know the main character is Anastasia. She wants to fall in love, in particular, she wants to fall in love with Christian Grey. So how is he going about making her fall in love with him in this way where she has to be with him? It is, okay, we are dazzling her with his intellect. We are giving her, like, showing off the car and the nice apartment. We're, like, showing how we can, like, buy her books and buy her a new laptop and just, like, all of these things where, like, on the surface seem very, like, nice. And it's, like, she didn't ask him to do it. She's not begging him to do it. She's not 
looking for that kind of relationship. He's right. just doing these things out of the goodness of his heart. But it's like, no, he's not. He's getting it to the point where you're letting your guard down. So then he can start moving into this other area of the carrot and the stick. And that's like, that's and why that, that explains the whole gift giving and stuff. You know, that's that's why he, he's mm-hmm. giving her he's making her think like, oh, this is like his her Prince Charming. This is a guy who's giving her everything mm-hmm. she ever wanted. And it's really him just like, yeah, like you said, her letting her guard down, him trying to gain her yeah, trust. Exactly. It's the promise in a cult. It's the promise in a relationship of this is everything you've ever wanted. Now I'm not going to let you have it unless you start doing the things we want you to do. Hmm. Yeah. And then, and that's yeah. the cat. That's the catch right there. You know, do what mm-hmm. do what we ask of you, and and the world is yours. But no, you. But whatever this thing is that they're asking of you, most of the time, well, most of the time it can get pretty ugly. It's yeah. Things they ask. I mean, it can you know, it can lead to some very like violent and like vulgar ideas with the things they ask you to do because you know, again like Ryan, you're saying you know there's always that catch, and most of the time when it comes to something like a cult or something, that catch isn't always what you would want it to be. You know, well that catch is the something. I mean, the catch I think is the sacrifice that, that people willing, are willing yeah. to make exactly in order to keep like feeling comfortable. Like like Sydney was saying, like once you've been giving everything you wanted. And they're like, hey, so do you get this, but also you got to do this. At that point, I feel like a lot of people would be willing to make that sacrifice and put themselves in a place that doesn't make them feel comfortable, but they'll ignore it because they're being given what they wanted. Uh-huh, yeah. Well, and it's like, so I don't know if either of you, like, pay too much attention to the, like, am I the asshole threads, but I yes. see them all the time yes. on Twitter. <laughs> and one of the things that's so interesting to me is so many women are like, this is a red flag. And it'll be like very minor things. So the one that just popped into my head right now is this guy who, he doesn't like the fact that his girlfriend has really like crazy funny socks. Like really like Nicolas Cage, tacos, like, you know, corgi butts, whatever. Like really silly, ridiculous socks. So she doesn't wear them at home. She only wears them with her scrubs at work. Fine, he's not happy with it. He lives with it. But then she accidentally wears it to Christmas Eve with his parents. And the parents are fine. But he's so embarrassed and he's so insecure and emasculated by her wearing bunny socks and his mom catching her. And the thing is, he then throws out all of her socks and replaces them with black socks. Oh, my God. Socks that she's been collecting that she's like... And it, it's like, and I think that would be in my head, like a second step or a third step, because that's when you start to reveal like how controlling that he has to be about her image, even though she is her own person. It's the like small sacrifices mm. that eventually you become so numb to the little things that you stop noticing until it's something really terrible. So like the cult that I've been thinking about, like, that got me into thinking about relationships in this context was the last year I've been watching a lot of Nexium documentaries. In particular, like, there's uh, the one called Seduced is about one of the women who she was in so deep. Like, she was in it. And it's fascinating to look at the first documentary that came out called The Vow, which is created 
predominantly by people who are in the cult. What what and cult were they a part of? The, it's called Nexium, and it was kind of this like self help, like oh, we're gonna do classes to help you like get to the root of your own issues. So then you can grow and become more like professional, like become a better creator, a better actor, a better writer, like really just like push people into being better and getting business connections and like growing as people. In return, so it sounds really for, great on the surface. In, in return for doing something probably not very healthy at all. Well, and it's it's again, it's one of those things where it's like it's kind of weird, but it seems like it's weird that they do these sashes and they have these like particular sayings of like, we call people by like particular names and it's like Keith in particular is like the, the highest in the cult, but like no one's thinking about that. He's just the guy who came up with the whole thing. And like, yeah, we call him, I don't remember what they call him, but they call him something very specific. And it's just like, it's kind of weird, but it's kind of funky and then as it keeps going, it gets more and more insidious to how much of the ideals of, like, this self-help classes are Keith's ideals. And it starts pushing away, eroding the idea of, like, oh, well, why do we accept this norm? And there are some times where I'm like, yeah, therapy is great at making you be like, oh, why do I feel like I have to eat eggs and toast for breakfast when I don't like them? I can eat a peanut butter jelly at 8 a.m. and it's fine. Like The sun realization is, when yeah, you're an adult and you realize you can make any food at any time. But it, it starts pushing away at those ideas. Like, it's some of them are like, oh, okay, okay. Like, the, I could see, like, opening your mind to more things and being more accepting and more open before you start to realize, like, everything is kind of being tracked down the, like, path of a man who is incredibly, incredibly misogynistic. Mm. And, like, he... Yeah, like, to the point where, like, this cult didn't really seem super culty until you find out about the secret club they had, oh, which boy. was basically a... Like, it was within it, because they already had, like, stuff going on where it was basically a money machine. And kind of brainwashing people into bringing more people in, more success. Like Would people, you had do people, people have to recruited. pay to be a part of it? Is that where they're getting their money from? So yeah, like they got a ton of money from two women who were the daughter of like um, the Seagram's fortune, like the Seagram's kind of, uh, I think predominantly alcohol. Like they had so much money and they foot the bill for so much of like. Uh, them getting sued and all of this stuff. But um, they also had like this secret level, like higher level where it was like, yeah, this is really going to test like women. It was just for women specifically to like test like, yeah, we're going to make you like hold yourself accountable. You are going to make yourself like lose this weight and do this thing. So it, but it was literally a master slave relationship is what uh. they called it. And they wouldn't even seen it coming yep. either. Like that by that point they're in too deep and then they realize like they Well, it's money, it's years of your life cuz you to get this involved you have to pay for classes and these classes are ridiculous amounts of money. Mm. So it's you've invested time and that's that's a thing in toxic relationships too where it's like I have I own an apartment with this person. I 
like have spent years of my life with this person. And it's so hard for people to be able to recognize like you can, you grew from recognizing that this is an unhealthy relationship. You don't have to base the rest of your life off of a decision that yes, you've invested five years into an unhealthy relationship, but you grew enough to recognize that and to leave. And a lot of people either financially can't or just emotionally can't like face it themselves to be like, I invested in this person and they lied to me. And when you just said too, when like they, these classes cost money and you're in deep and you, you feel like wanting to stay, that sounds very much like an addiction. It sounds like, it sounds like mm-hmm. a drug addiction. It sounds like someone who spent so much money on something that keeps giving them this feeling that they crave. And part of them knows that something is wrong or they just don't care because they're too into what they're feeling. Well, and I think that's part of the like love bombing, too, because they still like um, for my friends who have been in like toxic relationships, you kind of get that sense of like at first it's so great. And like for my old roommate who went through something like it was so like I was I was so happy for her. I thought this was a great guy. She seemed so happy. And then stuff began happening where it was just like, and not stuff that would set off alarm bells. It was just like very small things where it was like him having issues with maybe her job, him having like just just weird kind of small controlling things where he seemed to be very particular about it. But it's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, but, you know, I want to get back to that point where we were so happy because you, you'll get those, like, things are hard for a while, and then you get another love bomb, and you're you're back in it. Because you're like, it, it's kind of like, it feels cliche, but I feel the thing where it's like, oh, well, this guy hit me, but he said, I'm sorry. Hmm. It's, it's that back and forth. Of I mean, like, it sounds cliche, but it, I mean, I'm sure it happens very, very often anyway. You know, it's cliche mm-hmm. for a reason. It's what people keep hearing about. Can you Can you describe, like, what love bombing is a bit more? I'm still not, like... Uh, I, I get what you mean. Like, what what exactly like, sort of is love bombing? Is that sort of like presenting gifts and such, and like showing affection through through objects? Is that sort of what it is? Probably how I would picture it would be if I were in a relationship with a guy, and he got so mad at me and he yelled at me and said I was stupid and I was like, you know, like, I, like what am I doing with my life and like all of this terrible stuff. I would be horrified that night but then the next day he shows up and he's sorry he realized he like said some stupid things he didn't mean any of it like maybe he takes me to like a bookstore or something and we like get a bunch of stuff and we like you know maybe we haven't been spending that much time together the last couple of weeks but we spend like six hours just hanging out with each other like you know having a good time being in each other's company and then it's like oh, this is why we're together. Like, of course he didn't mean what he meant, what he said. So like, it's like really just trying know, to prove heat that of the that moment. Was, and yeah. you, you, great, like just things like, for me, that's like bonding stuff that is very important to me. So it's that idea of like, uh, you know, of course it was heat of the moment and it's, you, you find ways of justifying the bad stuff because it's like, oh, but we had a great day today. Like, what was, you know, yeah, I was really hurt last night, but he said he's sorry. Yeah. And that exactly. kind of thing. 
That's yeah, because that seems like you know he's like trying to segue into other topics. And my question is, like, if he really said something like that, would you really, really want to be with him the next day? I mean, that seems kind of like that's sort of the concept of love bombing. Yeah, and it's, I it's know coming back and and you know, manipulating emotionally, saying like, "Oh, I didn't mean it. Like, I love you, and I'm going to show you in so many ways that I love you." And that's what so he's you, yeah. Well, it, like that's yeah. Well, that's the what context she too is the context too is also like theoretically been together for a while. Maybe something smaller than this led up to this moment. Like theoretically, everything has been calm, cool. Like I don't know how I would react personally. It also it, depends if this is like a first offense as well. Well, yeah. You know, actually, if if this yeah. is this the first time the guy has done something like this, or girl, or, or anyone, or has this happened mm-hmm. multiple times, and that's like. That's a red flag. Mm-hmm. If if there's this constant mm-hmm. pattern of of saying these terrible things or doing these terrible things, and then the next second trying to make up for it and and, and just flip the coin, complete opposite behavior. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. It it's I could see like logically it makes sense being like yeah you don't want to hang out with this person who just said all this terrible stuff to you, but at the same time it's like okay but. I feel like if this is someone you know, someone you trust, right. like theoretically it's kind of been building up to this thing, like it's it's gets more complicated in a way cuz like so with my friend who went through all the stuff, I don't I might have already mentioned it, but we didn't recognize like and I don't know how much she's even recognized at this point what she went through, but like definitely by the end of them breaking up and getting back together again three times, it was a level of, like, me finally realizing, oh, mm. this is how bad mm. this was. And There are a lot of cases just, like that where, like, well, kinda, I, I, tra- I trace it back to, like, the foundation. It's the person right. building up this level of trust and commitment and love and passion that by the time these like little signs start adding up, like that foundation has already been built, and oh, yeah. so they don't want to like kind of break it down because of these clear red flags that are telling them otherwise. Like I've something mm-hmm. similar happened. Uh, just I've heard stories of, of of friends of friends who've been in similar situations where like like the breaking point would happen, like not early on in the relationship, but a, but a ways into it. Right. But but signs have been there throughout, uh, but like the time it never happens like early on. It always happens later on because that foundation has been built. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I I see where you're going from that. My question would be like, with something like love bombing, for example, what if like, what if the girl like knew earlier on in the relationship that this is clearly that this relationship is going to lead to something like this. But she didn't take action in the first place there. Like There could be a number of reasons why they wouldn't want to. Yeah, I, I know there could be. But, I mean, that kind of feels like like just, that's kind of a bad job on her part almost, though. Well, if people are in a like an emotional relationship with someone and they're being emotionally, if they're being emotionally manipulated, it's never their fault. Well, yeah. Because that person is making them feel that way. Right. And they're making decisions. Well, and the- Go ahead. Some people can't recognize red flags. Exactly. Because, like, different old roommate. 
she ended up breaking up with this guy, and it sounds like it ended spectacularly. Um, but, like, just fireworks and everything terrible. But how it started was I was gone for a month doing a semester in L.A. program. I came back, and she had just started seeing this guy before I left, so it was about five weeks. I came back after five weeks and found out. Okay, so she's seeing this guy who is married, and his ex-wife is emotionally abusive to him and trying to manipulate him by telling the government he is an illegal immigrant because he is. Yeah, not... not And I'm just like, you don't have to stay with this guy. That's not required. You, You don't have to go through this. This guy needs to clean up his own stuff right now. And then go take care of his take care of his own house, and then you guys can try and pursue something. And her response was, "Well, he was emotionally open with me, and he doesn't do that for everybody." Hmm. Which, <sighs> but that was that seems that that wasn't yeah. And she wouldn't say that if he hadn't shown evidence that or or presented that idea to her. You know what I mean? For like sure. the reason she's saying that is because that's what he made her think through his actions. And I, I also mm-hmm. want to make clear uh, something I should have said early on. Like, I've never been in a situation quite like this. Exactly. Um, so I can never know what that person is going through. I never want to assume I know what they're going through either. I'm going off of what people have told me. I'm going over sort of what, what, what people are, are describing. Right. Um, but I never want to... I'm not trying to put on, put on and... and uh, Show that I've never been in the situation before, right? Uh, and so I, I can never fully understand what these people are going through. Uh, all well, all I can do is is really all we can do is really just just discuss and uh, really like talk yeah, about I, why why it's important to recognize. I've never personally been in this situation, but I think it's fascinating, and I think that article about the woman and the farmer bro really hit home what I've kind of been knowing is a thing where it's like. You can be such an intelligent person. You can be such a smart woman who has written articles about this, who has seen all the signs, knows the signs of an unhealthy, bad relationship. And then you can still find yourself sucked right in because this person singled you out as special, as different. They themselves have kind of set them apart as maybe being intelligent Mm. or being interesting or well-known or well-loved. So you must be so special for them to be with you. And that, and is, then, a, that is a terrifying thought. It is. That is scary. Knowing that you can be like mm-hmm. that, you know, smart enough to know all these things and it could still happen to you and you wouldn't even know it. Yeah, it, it's yeah. absolutely terrifying. And I mean, it's like, you know, nowadays I almost feel like you want, I mean, as terrifying as it is, you really do want like to just, you know, after it's kind of occurred, maybe... You know, if only we could, like, turn back time or something and put ourselves in that person's shoes and we could see what they were really seeing, that might give us a better understanding almost and that might help us to you know, better understand maybe for some reason why this... This almost seems like something that's not talked about enough. That's another thing. This almost seems like it's not talked about enough in a way, I guess. I would agree that, I mean, emotionally... I know... I'm stumbling over my words. Emotional manipulation, uh, and I guess these sort of situations by themselves 
you do have a point. I don't hear about them very often, but it's no. also a very, very sensitive topic. It is. Because yeah, the people who sure. go through it go through, like, this incredibly terrible experience. Right. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Well, and it's it's the, like, it's kind of the thing, like, with the cults and with both these things. It's this thing where it's, like, if you come out of it, mm-hmm. everyone's going to be, like, you are so dumb. Why didn't you realize what was happening? This guy was literally talking about the most horrific things about, like, saying it's okay to have sex with children. Why is that weird? And it's like, because you were so totally brainwashed by this whole thing, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you can't, you don't even. No one can blame themselves yeah. for that either. It's it's real. It's it's these toxic people, and these these monsters Absolutely. who are taking advantage of people in a vulnerable state. And taking advantage of their insecurities and using them against them in order to gain something from them. Absolutely. And and you can yeah. you can say all you want, like how did you not see this coming? They're like, well, of course they didn't see it coming. Like, the the the, the wool was pulled over their eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for a lot of women it, who are young women, older men, mm. they're groomed into it. They are just. Mm kind of like oh well this is a person who's been around for so long and i'm comfortable with them this is one of the things where like people are a little concerned about millie bobby brown and her friendship with drake because it's like you are a 30 to 40 year old man Mm -hmm. and you are friends with someone who is not even 18 years old i did not know that their relationship existed you didn't know this no i didn't oh oh yeah yeah that just, just like friends. That's all they are. They're friends. Mm. But it's weird because someone that old should not be good friends constantly like texting or whatever, you know, getting advice about boys from someone like, and it's, it's weird. This is where it starts getting like, it's uncomfortable. I hate being yeah. like, we have to put it on men that it's like, yeah, what are you doing? Because women do it too. But it's, I feel like I hate that we have to judge relationships where it's like, yeah, you can't actually just have like an uncle figure or someone like that who is in your life helping you. But so many times that is not the case. It is someone Uh who starts as a friend and manipulates that relationship and pushes the boundaries for someone who is too young or too uncertain to really be able to fight back and have a voice. Exactly. The, oh, the yeah. one thing we can sort of, the one thing we can help for is that we'll be able to see signs in their relationship while the other, like the person in it can't, will be able to see them. And like, I don't mm-hmm. want to like judge a relationship between two people like on the, on the surface, you know, I want to be, I want to be able to see and know a little bit more before I, I jump to any conclusions. Like when you say Millie Bobby Brown and Drake are close, like, yeah, immediately that does yeah. strike me as odd. But I also don't know if any, like, inciting incident ended up bringing them together in a good way. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe that happened. And maybe, like, maybe you're right. Maybe there is a sort of, like, uncle and, and niece sort of relationship going on. Maybe. Or maybe it's much worse than that. Um, okay. And, and I, I just don't have enough information to make that call. You know what I mean? No. I mean, that was um, for the old roommate who broke up, got back together at three, four times with the, the toxic guy. The thing with that was like, I kind of became the person who got to know most of the twists and turns about what was going on in that relationship because 
she knew I was going to be impartial. I tried to be like 90% of the time, pretty much up to the end. I would only call out manipulative behavior when I saw it. Mm. But more or less, I would just be like, I'm not in it. This isn't my relationship. I don't know what's going on, which then became the thing of, I could not recognize some red flags that mm-hmm. like were going on with her and like some of her older coworkers probably picked up on a lot of these red flags way before either of us did mm-hmm. because it's like two young girls in their like early 20s. So we're not going to be able to recognize that. And even then there's still times where like I can call out some things and then other things I just will be like, Oh, that's fine. That's, that's completely innocuous. But it's then other people will be like, no, that's pushing a personal boundary. It's, it's right. trying to see how far they can make you stretch before you say no. And that is not a good thing because if it, you're just exercising nope. that muscle, you're making them more comfortable without them knowing it or saying Bad. yes, even though they don't want to. And one of the hard parts, too, about seeing this happen, like, so close to you is that you don't want to, you don't want to, like, look like you're turning against your friend. Like, all you you Mm -hmm. care about them and you want what's best for them. And when you see them going through something like this, like, you want to be able to help them, but you don't want to, you don't want to, like, appear like you don't care about them. Like, if you go up to them Mm -hmm. and say, like, hey, this needs to stop, like, again, the wool's pulled over their eyes. To, to them, you're, you're, you're looking at their picture-perfect relationship and, and tearing it apart. Right. It's not always... Like, that's not always the case. Um, but it, it happens. Well, and it's another thing that's in the steps of being in a cult and the steps of being in an unhealthy relationship. A big, big thing is someone being isolated. They're being isolated away from other family, other oh, friends. Oh, absolutely. Like... Any sort of support system that's going to be recognize the unhealthy really they unhealthy will not be behavior. There. Yeah, like they they because then you start getting like you know pressure from the person being like no like they just don't understand you they don't just they don't understand us they don't understand our relationship and just gradually inching you away from someone who's genuinely just like there to support you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's all they see too. Like they're they're by themselves in this situation. They they come across this. They don't come across. They 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 form this thing with this person, right. and to them, it may be the best thing in the world. When in reality, it's not. And mm-hmm. there's no one around who can tell them otherwise. And so, when eventually, yeah. you know, either they get to a point where they're stuck, and and just the tension breaks, and and something terrible happens, yeah. or eventually someone notices and tells them. You know, up until that point, they thought everything was great. Or maybe they maybe well, they just were just choosing to ignore the signs because they think they're comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, like, part of it is kind of going back to the idea of, like, someone five years down the road recognizing a bad relationship. It's like, oh, I invested all this money. I invested all this time. I invested all this whatever. It's like, it's also, you don't have anyone else to turn to because there's no one else. They've completely isolated you away from anyone mm-hmm. who would have called this person out ages ago. Not to mention there, get you s- there are also situations where like you're living with them 
and yeah. they're the reason mm-hmm. like you're able to like afford a place. Like maybe they're covering like half the rent or more. Like they they could be your support system in in more ways than one. Oh. And you know that's trapping of itself. Like because once you like what oh, yeah. even if you think about leaving, then you have to think about sacrificing mm. not just the relationship, but just maybe like your entire place of of living. Many of your bolt, you know, many of your things, just a whole part of your life could disappear. Absolutely. It's yeah. It's just the complete isolation. It's it's yeah. Being in it, it's you share your stuff together. It's sharing like it's. I'm. I was now. I remember. I was. I was thinking about how like how many relationships where people just kind of jump in very quickly because yeah. you can kind of do that. Like I think there was like an "Am I the asshole?" kind of thing that popped up. And it was something about, like, pushing to get married super fast in the middle of a pandemic, which, of course, right. like, most people who are concerned about a pandemic is not comfortable with it. And it's kind of the mindset I always have of, like, you can wait to get married. Like, if you want to spend the rest of your life with this person, you can wait a couple more months. Like, you don't need to rush into it. You don't, like, right. I think it's odd for people to have a 20-year engagement. But, like, two to five years to, like, get everything down, have the money to do it if you want to do a big party, then I don't think that's weird. I, I say take as much time yeah. as you want before you get married. Because, like, those first years of your life, you can you and your significant other can spend as much time as you want really getting to know each other. And, I mean, of course, that journey always continues, like, throughout your entire relationship. Uh, but a good majority of it, you know should happen before marriage when you like you just you you really just get to know the other person and decide if, mm-hmm. if this is the person you want to spend the rest of your life with and and sometimes the answer is yes and sometimes the answer is no but but take as much time as you need because there's really no there's no rush no you know especially during a pandemic oh yeah so that was one of the things where it's like people tend to move in very quickly and tend to get engaged or married very quickly in relationships that I would not consider healthy. Like some, some are great. Some are like, you found the person, you knew they were the right person. Bam, bam, bam. Great. Uh, a lot of them are, oh, we were y- like, you know, maybe she was younger or both of them are younger. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's a lot of them where it's like, no, we have to do this now. And it's so that you get that kind of investment and you are locked in. To the point where it's like when you can start pushing those boundaries and it's like, oh, well, this is just what married life is like. It's about compromise. And then it's like, no, that's not how it's supposed to go, where someone is taking away your personhood. No, that should never be how it goes. There should always be compromise and, and talk and conversations through it in order to find something that's best for everyone. Absolutely. And I think that's that that's you know that's the foundation of a good relationship is just compromise and listening. I I think mm-hmm. a lot of it is, oh, yeah. is just caring for the other person and listening to them and and working with them to to make something great. Uh have e- either of you watched uh the the good place? I uh, very little. Love it. Look, it's great great <laughs> show. The the uh watch the good place any any listeners out there if you haven't already. You will yeah. not be disappointed but one of the one of the best lines or lessons in the good place was that soulmates aren't found they're made Absolutely. Um, 
Uh, no, you know, you, you're not. This goes a bit more into moral philosophy, and and sort of like if you're predestined to meet your significant other. Mm. Um, but most of the time, I, I, you're not really destined to meet anybody. You you find someone, and then through working, through hardship, and you know whatever other obstacles may may be in your way, you work with that other person because you both really love each other to make something great. And you forge something together, and that you know that's what forms uh, a healthy relationship that can last a good long time. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. it's it's I completely agree with that. Where it's it's like it's not necessarily like oh, I, I think uh, Daniel Sloth is a comedian who does a really great kind of story about the idea of like oh the person in your life is like the p- right piece of a puzzle, and it's like. Not really like that. And he kind of goes into how, like, no, a person is not just a single piece because that person has their own puzzle that they're trying to solve with their life. Definitely. So, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's growing together. It's growing into each other. It is supporting each other and communication and not being like... I feel like with a lot of these relationships, it's one person having mm-hmm. a certain level of power over the other which I think uh, t- I'm thinking about like the iconic 1950s housewife oh, right. kind of thing oh, where yeah. it's like there well, there's clearly so one room. like dominant member of the relationship who decides mm-hmm. where they where they go with it right and it's it's the idea of like oh well this is the person it's the dominance and it's also like this is the breadwinner this is the person who's doing income and yeah. not recognizing how much Hard work goes into managing a house, getting the groceries, taking care of children, like teaching children up till they're of age Mm -hmm. to go to school, just like the level of it. And that's one of the things with like a different ideology in terms of um, it's I think it's I think now one of the things I've started calling it is like household management. Just the fact that like even in modern relationships, the woman is the manager of the house. So guys will be like, oh, well, we split the chores, but they still have to go up and be like, what needs to be done? Hmm. Versus hmm. women are the ones who know, okay, this needs to be added to the grocery list. We need to do the laundry this day because little Timmy has soccer on this day. And then we, it's, they have to be the ones keeping it all under control. All right. And then the husband is not equal partner in that. It is someone who is another person asking her questions when it's like, no, we need to split the housework and have that emotional labor be a partnership instead of just she's in charge. Yep, and I do think I do think that like aspects aspects of that still exist today. Um, I, I oh, still yeah. see that everywhere. I, I do like to think we're moving away from it. Yeah. Uh, I mean the sort of the that sort of style of relationship, you know, where like there's a leader. Uh, I think I think we have moved away from that uh, in a, a good direction. I, I would say. Uh, I think that our generation, particularly, is definitely prioritizing more equal parts. You know, working companionship uh, over that uh, sort of system, definitely. where where one sort of like governs the house and one still has to ask about how things are, are going. Mm-hmm. I, I like to think that hopefully we we keep moving into where there's more of a balance with that. For sure. I don't think we're fully there yet. No, I, I agree. I think we're getting closer to the, at least like, I think in terms of 
okay, we look at each other as equal partners, I think that is definitely better, like, so much better today. It's the, like, mm-hmm. emotional labor of that, of, like, the housework and, like, those aspects that still are considered the domain of the women. Like, I think that still has a lot of work to do. I'm hoping because people are getting married later now. Like, I think, I don't know if it's a national trend, but I believe it is. Like, the idea is, okay, if people are getting married later, then hopefully more men have been in a situation where they have to do this stuff. They have to do the laundry. They have to grocery shop for themselves. So it's, like, something where they can recognize, like, the the comic I love Mm kind of shows this woman who, okay, she asked her husband to, like, put away the laundry. Well, he put the stuff in the dryer, but he, like, uh, forgot to put in a new load. So she has to do that, which then she also finds out, finds this, like, gallon of milk that he forgot to put away when putting away the groceries. So she has to go do that. And while doing that, she's like, oh, I need to clean the table. And it's just all the things that, like, she has to then take care of it because she asked him to do one thing, and that is all he did. So the idea is being able to both recognize when things need to be done and to just do them without necessarily having like, you know, a commander and a lackey sort of situation. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I agree. And I, I, and I, I will also say like, you're right. We are not there yet. I, w- I wouldn't even say nearly there yet, no. uh, but we are on the road. I, I think this generation, especially uh, are helping us are helping our mindset is helping push us in the right direction. And uh, yeah, I think we do have a, a better future ahead of us in recognizing and helping each other through sure. positive and, and healthy relationships with each other. At least that is my hope for the future. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And, uh, I with, mean, yeah. Yeah. And with, with that, uh, I think we're going to end it there. Uh, so again, thank you very much for joining us, Sydney. Yes, uh, and thank, thank you for talking to us a lot. Of, it's giving us some insight on on sort of the the cults Definitely, of the yeah. world and sort of how they operate, uh, very very fascinating stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, glad to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, uh, you can uh, find Sydney as the producer of Shitfic, uh, a podcast where you and uh, the host read old mm-hmm. uh, pieces of of writing they've they've made, and uh, they invite guests as well. Uh, and you can find it. Here on Spotify, uh, or Anchor, or wherever you're listening to yes. this one as well. Uh, so thank you very much to everyone out there uh, listening for to this episode of Casual Conversations with Ryan and Jonah. I am Ryan. I am Jonah. And uh, have a good one. All right, bye guys. This has been Casual Conversations with Ryan and Jonah. We hope you've enjoyed your time with us tonight, and we hope that you'll check in again with us next week. Bye bye. Bye.